Welcome to Cheaper Than Therapy, a podcast that journeys into conversations that demystify, destigmatize, and desensitize what goes on both inside the therapy room and in daily life. I'm Vanessa Bennett. And I'm Danae Logan. And we are seekers, soul sisters, and holders of sacred space. Every week, we sit down for soul-provoking conversations with fellow seekers, thought leaders, change makers, and even real people during live coaching sessions as they navigate the hard work it takes to be a human. This is Cheaper Than Therapy. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Cheaper Than Therapy. So today we are talking to Bethany. Um, and Bethany wrote in, it sounds like you've been doing a lot of work around doing some attachment style healing. Um, specifically, you kind of know that you're in the disorganized realm, if you will. Um, but it also sounds like a, a current relationship, correct me if I'm wrong, has kind of real made you realize that you've like swung from one extreme to the other, right? So like, while you find yourself or found yourself more in like the avoidance sphere, this relationship feels like it's bringing up some more of the anxious stuff for you. Um, and it feels like you're just trying to figure out kind of like where you're at with it, right? Or like how to, how to be in like the healthiest place that you can be. Yeah, um, I definitely was um, leaning more towards avoidance in the past. And I've been working on my attachment style, I think, for like at least two years. And I think it did heal like pretty quickly. But I think what I realize now is that like a lot of the avoidance in the past was how I was dealing with anxiety. I was just like avoiding it, you know, mm -hmm. like I think most avoidance is emotional for me. So I, I went from that to now I don't really have that like escape or like outlet. And so I am, it's almost, I, I guess I would describe it as like a, like an OCD cycle of like relationship um, obsessive compulsive disorder where mm. I'm like constant, like reassurance checking. Mm. And, um, and I seem to come to the same conclusion. It, it doesn't matter how many times, but then like, I will I don't know, just like still feel that again, like another day and it'll feel just as alive and active. Like my nervous system will be completely dysregulated. So I'm still trying to like figure out like how to navigate that. Mm. I kind of want to ask for a specific example. Can you give an example yeah. of like an instance where you felt that kind of overwhelm and, and, you know, your nervous system being that activated? Yeah. I feel, um, in the last month, um, my partner and I have both been working a lot like more mandatory overtime because of like what's going on with COVID and stuff. And he's working like 80 hour weeks, a little Oof. bit more than that. And it's been just insane. And I've noticed that <laughs> it's funny now saying this as I'm reflecting, but I noticed that like, he wasn't necessarily like, I wasn't getting like the same amount of like effort from him. And mm -hmm. I think in those moments I was, I just felt very disconnected. And I, I don't know, like I was trying to bring it up with him and you know, find some way, like, I, I recognize that we're both working a lot, but, um, I don't know, like, it just really sucks me in, and even, like, today, I messaged him, and I was saying, like, hey, I'm sorry, if I was asking for, like, you know, reassurance and stuff, like, I really appreciate how much effort you do put into this relationship, I didn't notice it until it had, like, slightly been pulled back, mm -hmm. you know, and I think, for me, it's almost realizing how much my expectations are unreasonable, and I think it almost comes from like the self-help world of, you know, become a better person and you'll have a better partner and they will like meet most of your needs. And if they're not like, you know, it's, it just feels like unrealistic, I guess, like 
I'm starting to realize now, like, I think like we are going to disappoint each other. And like, I just need to like, start like accepting those times, you know, like it's, I don't know. I'm trying to get to that point where I don't feel like my expectations are so high because it leaves me feeling chronically disappointed. Mm. I feel like there's a lot of yes. And's <laughs> that I want to put into this conversation. Though. Yeah. So <laughs> Yes, I can totally see where you're coming from around like the things getting, you know, the expectations are a little too high, things being unrealistic. And when you're disappointed, can we still put words to it and still be seen in the disappointment, right? Or like the expression yeah. of the need. I, I definitely am very good at communicating. I think gone into like my full uh, like anxiety, I communicate my feelings, my disappointments. And I think I may be too good at that. Like I'm, mm. I'm fully communicating them. And I don't think I'm communicating like the times of like appreciation. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like I'm hyper-focusing on one side um, to like give you like a, I don't know, like an energetic idea of like what this dynamic is. Like I had a dream that like exactly replicated what was happening when I realized it last month. Mm -hmm. And, um, I had a dream that I was like going to work at this, um, chimpanzee sanctuary that I volunteer at sometimes. And I was in the security office and I was going to grab a walkie talkie and like go into the sanctuary. But I reached into my backpack and I found like this handgun that was like golden. And I was like, why would this be in my bag? You know, like I'm, and so I decided to dissect it and like cut it in half and open it to see what was inside of it. And there was like a, just a loaded bullet locked and loaded in the chamber. And I just felt like, why am I like carrying this into mm. this sanctuary? And I woke up, but like, I was trying to like, you know, understand what the dream was. And I feel like the sanctuary is like what my relationship is supposed to be. And my constant need to dissect things is like this uh, weapon of like self-protection that I am aiming like at my partner and bringing into this like sacred place. Mm. Yeah. And like, um, I don't know, like, it just doesn't feel like it's conducive to having what I want. Yeah. I, oh my God, Bethany, I'm feeling you so strongly. I'm having like what we would call in the, the realm of therapy counter-transference, but so strong. Like I, I feel it in my body, you know? Um, and I think what's always interesting to me about our avoidant attachment tendencies and our anxious attachment tendencies is that to me, they come from the same place of how unbelievably vulnerable it is to stay present in the space of attempting to see and be seen in a relationship and that um, I could be hurt here. And, you know, I, I can't help but feel struck with how much I want you to give yourself some grace mm -hmm. around how well it feels like you're, you're doing in something that is new territory um, from someone who, I feel like has shifted more in the anxious realm of attachments from being avoidant for most of my life in relationships. It's, it's a new animal to play with. And I think that it can be really vulnerable to do what you're saying, which is saying like, this is beautiful. And I want to celebrate what is great about this while speaking about like, what is making me feel a little bit uncomfortable or vulnerable or um, tender sometimes that both things can be true. And I don't have to um, be angry with myself about not doing it perfectly when this is sort of new territory. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think I would like that. Like I, 
it's hard, you know, because I have like all my brain cells online right now, but when I'm activated, that, that's not the case and I'm not like thinking logically or accurately, but I do want to get to a place where I can kind of, you know, like I'm obviously not going to get rid of my anxiety, hmm. but it would be nice to get to a place of like accepting like, oh yeah, this is something that I'm going to deal with and like continue to deal with. Um, you know, I have like a history of trauma in childhood and I've done a lot of my trauma work, but I think I'm just realizing that like the rest of my healing work, I mean, a lot of it will be in therapy, but most of it, I think is going to take place in my relationship. And so I need to like come to a place of kind of accepting it. Um, I think I, it does bring up like a lot of like shame and guilt though, to think of like, oh my God, like I'm doing this to my partner. Like mm -hmm. I have so much insecurity in my personal relationship, like in my personal relationships, because it's such a sensitive area for me. Like, and I want to feel more confident, you know, like, but I'm just trying to like figure out how to get there. Yeah. I wonder too, Bethany, do you ever share with your partner, um, not just specifically like, oh, I'm feeling disconnected. Like here's my need, but have you guys had any conversations around this larger topic around, obviously I'm, I'm sure, you know, I'm sure they know about like the healing journey and the work that you've been doing, but specifically like here's what I'm realizing. I'm realizing like my anxiety is like in full gear and this is when it gets kicked up and this is when it doesn't. And, and so there's like some taking the stigma or like almost normalizing the fact that, Oh, that's my anxiety talking. Like here she is, she's in the room again, you know? Um, and I kind of say that half silly, but also it can be really helpful to characterize some of this stuff, right? Like personalize it and make it like a, an actual outside of self um, character. Um, I've helped, I found that to be really helpful in my relationship where it's like, Oh, that's the controlling, like that's the, that's the scared controlling part of myself that's coming out right now. And actually calling it out when I feel it almost like taking over. Um, yeah, I have, I've definitely like brought it up to him and he's like super accepting and like understanding. And he was like really respected that like I can catch these things in myself and like bring it to him and like mm -hmm. you know explain that I still haven't figured it out but it's like something I'm working on um so yeah like I I do feel comfortable doing that I have noticed I think that I don't like I haven't been like fully vulnerable about like my background with him like I've explained to him I'm in therapy like I you know have a history of trauma and stuff but I do feel myself like very I don't know, I guess like guarded about self-disclosing because it's just so sensitive for me. And I, I have a hard time, I think like being seen emotionally, like in the relationship that way. Yeah. And I guess I, I want to encourage you to not rush that process, to be honest. I feel like, um, sometimes being vulnerable with our most tender bits before we feel ready, I feel like can have sort of, um, the opposite response to what we think they're going to in terms of like, you know, we think it might bring us closer to that partner. And I think it can actually create a little bit more distance, at least for us for a while. Um, what I felt curious about was something you said initially about like it almost feeling like OCD. And I find that sometimes when we're in this space of like our anxious stuff coming up, it can feel like obsession. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering if there's anything that you might be able to pinpoint that you might be distracting away from in your life outside of your relationship by focusing in on your relationship? Hmm. I, 
That's a really good question. Hold on, I have to think about it for a second. I, I'm not sure if I'm like like distracting away from anything. Um, I mean, I'm sure like, I don't know. I'm, I feel like I am kind of an obsessive person in general, like, and I don't, I'm not like diagnosing myself or labeling myself. I don't think it's helpful. Mm -hmm. I, but I do feel like this behavior is like, there's a cycle there. And I think for me personally, I think what it's about is it's a way of me creating distance within my relationship that I used to create with just being avoidant. And so it's like me kind of creating like psychological distance and like a barrier there to feel maybe safe. Mm -hmm. And instead of just being in the relationship. Okay. Well, if that's the case, then I wonder about doing a little bit of like slowly starting to name that like V's talking about um, yeah. with some of the things that like, I want you to know that there's things that I haven't talked about because I don't feel ready yet, but even naming that there's some stuff that that eventually I would like us to touch on in little bits as it feels okay, starting to sort of like peel back the layers a little bit. And even I think naming that sometimes I think that there's ways that I, I create distance by, um, by worrying about things and with a lot of self-compassion, mm -hmm. even as I say it, I, I can hear in your voice as you're talking about it, like your work is to give yourself a break. Like, like you're annoyed your work, with yourself for yeah. it, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, how yeah. can I just like humanize? Yeah, I'm human. This yeah. is what we do. This is hard, you know? Yeah. I definitely feel like the bar is set just like too high for myself. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, inherently like set too high for him as well. Mm -hmm. And I like project my like lack of confidence and insecurity like onto him and onto the relationship. Um, but I was thinking, you know, like, I'm not like this in my friendships. I'm not like this, like in my parenting, those are places that like are, you know, obviously don't trigger my attachment system the way that like a relationship does. But, um, I, I think it's just like all the self-help I've done has just like created so many like lenses and filters to see my partner through that. I can't even like see a human being there sometimes. Mm -hmm. And it's like, just not healthy. And it's, it's not helpful. Like I was thinking like, you know, can I take my relationship skills that are good in other places and like bring them to this relationship? Like when I had my daughter, I was like 20 years old and I literally knew nothing. Like I, I, I walked out of the hospital knowing that like, I have no idea what I'm doing. And like, my job is to keep her alive. Like, I know that like people have a lot higher, like, you know, things of parenting and I was like if I had like a newborn now like I would be so paranoid about like if I'm psychologically like prepping them correctly <laughs> and all these other things and I'm so thankful that I like walked into that with like nothing because I was able to be present with her like and her needs and I wasn't like wondering if I was like meeting the needs of parenting experts mm -hmm. and like other people um and it's kind of like I'm trying to unlearn all of those things in my You're, relationship. You are calling out so many amazing things though, that like, I know so many people struggle with, and I know I do the same thing. I mean, I'm in this world, right? Like that's what I do. That's what I live and breathe. And so, yeah, I kind of find that sometimes this idea of self-help gets us into a place of actually not being present and only being in our head, right? It's like, we're constantly psychoanalyzing 
everything and everyone and every scenario and every relationship. And can I do it better and attachments and, you know, trauma and this and that. And it's like, there's just always something. And I do feel like sometimes it would almost be easier if I just didn't know the stuff that I know. Right. And I think you're calling it out perfectly with, with your parenting. Like that might be a little bit of the work for you too, is to pay attention to how easy it is actually for us to hide in the mind, right. And hide in that, like I'm analyzing everything and just notice when we're on that hamster wheel and, and, you know, can you, can you utilize any of your tools to like bring yourself back into the moment and take a breath and say, okay, what, what would actually be the thing to say right now that would feel the most connecting, like on a human to human level, what could I say right now that would just feel like I'm connecting to my partner? Like, doesn't have to be a script, like fuck everything I've learned and read and all the shit, you know, but what yeah. can I say right now? Simply put, that would feel the most present and the most connecting mm, or yeah. other language, like whatever feels right for you. But I, I, I feel like that, that not just your work. I think that's a lot of our work. Yeah. yeah. I like that. I just want to name too that I feel like I got to relate so much to what you were just saying, Bethany, that I feel like I, you know, it had done so much healing around my need to be perfect that I thought that was like the thing I had conquered in life. Mm, like I was yeah. like, I don't have that anymore. Like I, I like, I swung so far to the other side of the pendulum, pendulum and like, yeah, my mess is out here for you to see. I could give a whatever. And something happens in the vulnerable space of attempting to be seen in the romantic sphere that like, oh my gosh, like all of a sudden I was like, and I don't want them to see anything that is not perfect about me because it just brings up the childhood wounding in a way to me that like took my, like, like caught me off guard, right? Like, oh my God, like I had no idea this was still here, this desire to be viewed in a certain way. So I think the more that we can allow our messy bits to be seen, to name, this is really hard for me to let you see this, we're holding space for our inner child in those moments, you know, like, yeah, I get to be worthy of love, even in my mess, even in my not having it figured out, even in I'm drowning in overwhelm and anxiety. And can you still love me? Because I still love me, even though I'm messy here, you know? Yeah, I would like to, yeah, like get to that place. I, I feel like I have reached out, but I, I don't think I reach out in like the right energy, you know what I mean? And I know like you can't necessarily like choose which one you do, but whenever I think of like what Vanessa was saying, like, you know, reaching out and just like letting him know. But usually I feel like my inner child is just like kicking and screaming. And I like am writing like it's, it's in like the most like toxic voice I can think of trying to like write a nice message, you know, and, and like it's not like a pretty time to do that. And lately I've just been wondering, like, can I just like protect him from like that part of me? Like, because I don't think it's healthy for him. Mm. And I don't think he should have to deal with that. You know what I mean? Like that feels like it's my work well and this is and I mm -hmm. honestly you might disagree with me on this one I'd be curious to hear your thoughts but I sometimes think that our work is to sort of self-soothe in mm -hmm. the moment and then yeah. bring it to that person mm -hmm. and that is the part of like the interdependence piece like mm -hmm. I don't know that it's always that person's work to sort of bring us down to a space where we feel regulated and then we have the conversation. I think sometimes it's like, let me self-regulate. Let me check in with the conversations I'm having myself about what's coming up. 
and then talk to that person about it. Because yeah, I do feel like we can be flooded with shame when it feels like that wasn't the way I wanted to talk to him about that. Now I have that additional layer of ugh. But yeah, I think that that's the practice of teaching ourselves. Like I will always have me. Mm-hmm. I will always have my back regardless of this this person is here. I'm kind of, and you know, this is me as my single self saying that, but I think that there is something to be said for how do I self-soothe and then have the conversation. No, I agree. Yeah. I don't disagree. I mean, I think that, I think it depends on where you're coming from. Like, I think if your MO is to be the person that constantly goes off on your own and make sure that whatever you come back to your partner or your person with sounds perfect and is polished and isn't vulnerable, then your work is actually to just look like a hot mess in front of them, no matter how actually hot mess it really is. You know what I mean? Like, I actually do think there's some healing in that, but if it's this, which is what we're talking about right now, which is you're actually showing up in a state of being hyper activated, um, Mm -hmm. and flooded. And a lot of this is projection. And you're just, like you said, it's like your inner child is kind of kicking and screaming. I do see a lot of value in, in taking that inner child away and soothing that inner child, just like you would have soothed your daughter, just like you probably still soothe your daughter. Right. And just saying like, what's coming up for you right now? Like, you know what? I'm going to sit with you until you're calm. Hmm. Right. Cause that's what I say to my kid. She can't articulate it. She's a hot mess. She's flailing. She can't like use her brain in that moment. Right. That's okay. I'm going to sit with you until you're calm. And then when you're calm, I'll help you. Right. We'll figure it out together. And that's exactly how I want you to talk to your inner child. Right. Like, why wouldn't we talk to our inner child the exact same way we would talk to our real child, you know? Um, and, and you're right. Like I, I say this to my partner a lot. I mean, and he tends to be kind of like the oversharer and I tend to be the undersharer. Right. And I think a lot of his work has been around what is, mine to self-soothe and what is mine to bring to her to help me soothe. Mm -hmm. Um, and many times in the beginning, it was like, uh, -uh, that's actually not mine. That's not mine. Like you need to go and sit with yourself for a little while and figure out what part of this is actually yours. Right. And I'll tell you what can be really helpful having somebody like a Danae where I can actually occasionally not in a triangle type of way, but I can occasionally be like, and her be like, all right, well, you know, pull back. (laughs) about that. And so that's my way of being like, (gasps) here's my anxiety. Right. And then I'm like, oh, right. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay. Now I can go have the conversation that I want to have, um, versus going in and just kind of flailing all over the place. Yeah, I know that sounds really good. I think sometimes it could just look like saying like, I'm struggling right now, but like, I'll get back to you in a little bit or yeah. Um, exactly. Just like communicating it. Yeah. But that's, that's the part though. Cause I, it's the part communicating like when you're a mess and you're like, I feel like a mess right now. I got to go take care of myself. You have to actually say that because that is, that's hard. Um, and that is vulnerable, even though you're not saying why I'm a mess in this moment, the fact that you're even admitting I'm really struggling right now. I need to go like be with myself for a little while. That in itself is vulnerable and tough to do. And that's probably why you should do it. (laughs) Yeah, no, I really appreciate that. I do think that is helpful. Um, I, oh, I was thinking like, sorry, I had some notes here cause I wanted to bring something up. Um, I do feel like in the past, like when I have had these moments that it has kind of, um, affected his confidence in our relationship too, mm-hmm. um, like inherently. And so that's what I feel awful about. Um, and also just like, I don't know, I'm trying to like navigate, like both of us feeling more confident like we've both been working through like a lot of things and it feels like we are like learning each other more and like actually like listening like it's almost as if we were in the 
uh, power struggle phase for like, I don't know, a couple months and it did not feel good Mm -hmm. to like be there. And like, I don't walk away from that feeling proud. And I don't know, like, I'm, I think that's like my big thing though, is like, how do I feel confident? And like, how do I not spiral into like hypervigilantly? Like, it always feels like so calm whenever I'm in these places, not calm, but like, I can make it sound like a rational issue when there's like no issue. It's a tiny issue. Um, But I don't know, like I was thinking about like my daughter used to struggle with math, like, and I did everything I could to help her get better at math and like nothing worked, like had like everything checked out. And I remember one day she just told me, she's like, well, I'm like not good at math. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, you're great at math, Nico. Like you're awesome at it. And you've always been good at it. And like that, like from that day on, she has made like straight A's in math. Like it was just Mm -hmm. me saying like, oh, I, like, I think you can do it. You know, like it had nothing to do with like, that like that struggle was kind of like becoming her I think Mm -hmm. and I think I'm trying to like not let this become like my struggle you know like forever I mean I actually really really love what you just said (laughs) I mean like my whole body just Mm -hmm. lit up you know I think there is there is power in the belief that this is a beautiful thing mm-hmm. and this is going well and we are loving one another well and we are learning about one another well and we hold space for one another and support one another and look at how beautifully we're doing this you know versus just that sort of reinforcement of you know i was talking the other day that like i used to say all the time relationships are hard relationships are hard like i used to say it while i was married like on the daily and and my relationship was hard because that was what i was reinforcing and that was what i believed you know I don't think relationships are hard at all. I think codependent relationships are hard. I think that transactional relationships are hard. I think relationships where people aren't like really invested in taking their 100%, that yeah, that's hard. But I think that I don't believe that relationships need to be hard anymore. And so that's not my experience of the world and, you know, my relationships. And so I think it's there's a power in sort of saying like, yeah, we've been through a lot to get to the place that we're at now and and we're doing better and things are like really shifting. And like, how do we keep reinforcing what is beautiful about the way that we're loving one another? And I think focusing my energy there and watching how that expands a little like what you were saying, like how do I focus on where he is really supportive and where he is really showing up for me in ways that feel um, affirming and nurturing and, and supportive, right? And and notice like how, when I focus my my mind there, that is what expands to me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know 100%. I think that would be really helpful. Like, I get so caught up in like the details that I don't see like, you know, the forest for the trees. Mm-hmm. And especially with anxiety, like it's just the small details and making the big deal of th- about like those things makes it feel like whenever something big comes up that it won't be seen as big because I've made mm-hmm. a big deal out of every tiny thing. Um, but yeah, no, like that does, that does really help me to hear and like as a perspective to see it. Um, I think I've also like kind of been rethinking like a word that I've heard Vanessa, you and John use is like capacity. And I remember thinking like, I love that word. Like it's been like one that's like resonated with me. And I was thinking like, I want like a partner who has like a, like a lot of capacity. And I was, I have to remember like, like we're both like human beings and Mm -hmm. there are times like when you can ask more of your relationship and like right now when we're working 68 hours a week is not the time to ask anything more of my partner or my relationship like it would only like 
it's just not the time, you know, like there's been times where I could ask more and we could both give it, but like, it's almost like right now is the time to ask less and just recognize that we we only are like capable of like what a normal human can do in 24 hours. And it's just like, I don't know, realizing that I'm not not like a superhuman. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like no matter what, you're going to have some limit. Yeah. Yeah. And noticing how different that feels to you when you focus your energy on, he has so little capacity right now. Look at the the ways that he's attempting to connect in little Mm -hmm. ways, given how little capacity he has. And that feels like, oh my gosh, he's going out of his way, even with how little time and space he has right now for for stuff additionally. And like tangibly, I mean, I know that this has been helpful for me in the past as somebody whether it's anxiety or it's like my perfectionist kind of nitpicky tendencies. I mean, yeah, I guess it's all anxiety at the end of the day, but (laughs) I know what's been helpful for me has been actual reminders that I put, like, I will be the one that doesn't see the forest for the trees. I'm the same. Mm -hmm. And what's been very like tangibly helpful for me has actually been putting reminders, no joke in my phone that will pop up and remind me in that moment to step back and like put in whatever words you need that will clue you into what you need to hear. But like, for me, it just says John words. And really what that means is I need to stop, pull back. Right. And then I need to actually articulate to him my words of affirmation, because it's not something I'm good at. It's not something I'll do on my own or naturally, no matter how hard I try, it is just not my go-to. I will be the one focusing on the nitpicking. Like it's Mm. so my way of being, and it's been for so long that I do actually need that little extra support that goes ding. Remember it's been five days since the last time you took a step back and actually gave your partner the credit that is due, right. You need to do it again. And yeah, the well, basic thing that's silly, but I'll tell you, it's actually been really helpful for me. That sounds so helpful. Yeah. I actually was thinking that was just so beautifully vulnerable V because I think when something isn't necessarily your love language or your natural way of responding to your partner, but you know how affirming it is for them to like make that effort speaks so largely to me. Like I've been so touched by that. And I have to tell you that when it, when it does ding half the time I go, Oh, Like it doesn't, it's not easy just because it has a little runner on my phone. I still like, I'm like, ah, I like, like begrudgingly do it almost sometimes because again, it feels so unnatural for me. Um, but yeah, it's like, and it's important. And on the other side of it, I actually do feel better. Even though I feel icky going into it and icky doing it on the other side, I feel better. So, and it does help me actually stay if I can in, or at least tap into that place that Danae was speaking to, which is like, seeing the relationship in the positive light, reminding myself, you know, it's like a gratitude practice or like Mm. a gratitude journal. I mean, there's a reason why so many people love that and do it all the time. You know, it's helpful to kind of remind ourselves. Yeah. No, that's a really good thing. I also, yeah. Yeah. I feel like words like have a lot of energy to them, even if they're just like something small. So yeah, hundred percent. I think I want to focus on that. And I've, I'm trying to just like throw spaghetti at the wall and see what sticks, you know, like Mm -hmm. after small interactions and see like, I wonder how that felt or like, you know, if that was like helpful or not helpful, you know, because that's like, I think what I do with my daughter and I try to figure that out because, you know, this is like a unique relationship too Mm -hmm. for me. Um, But yeah, like I have noticed that's like a huge thing too, where like I can say something really small and it makes such a difference. And 
realizing when I need to hold my tongue that everything I think does not need to be said, you know, like I need to just like journal or put it somewhere else, but mm. I can't like bring everything to my partner because that's unnecessary. And I don't know. I just think like if the tables were re- reversed, I would be exhausted to like be with me, you know? Um, and I've talked to like my partner about this and he's like, no, you're awesome. Like, <laughs> but I don't know, like, <laughs> Yeah, we're I, in the I'm territory like, of like, a very hard time. Believing. I know. <laughs> I'm like, I'm in that yes and territory again. Like, yes, I agree yeah. that we don't put everything on our partner. And I have a funny feeling. It's not that you're putting everything on your partner. Like, I think it's a yes and like, I don't think you're being too much. I don't think you're doing too much. I don't, you know, this is that, that what I'm hearing is this, like, I'm too much kind of story yeah. that most of us tell ourselves or a lot of us do. Um, and I have a funny feeling that that's probably not the way that he sees you. Um, mm-hmm. and at the same time, I think that a lot of these tactics can be helpful for you so that you don't like Danae said earlier, it's like that shame of being like, Oh, I said that thing. And I shouldn't have said that thing, you know, cause none of us want to feel that either. Yeah. There's this, there's this thing I've been playing with, with couples, Bethany, that I want to share and, you know, we'll see if it feels helpful, but I feel like for you, there's so many times when I'm listening to you speak that I'm like, okay, I just want us to like really reframe this narrative of like, I'm hard to be with or I'm too much Mm -hmm. or anything about me is just like anything other than such an unbelievable gift in this man's life that I have no doubt that it is. But um, I want you to play with how do I affirm that with and for myself and then use my partner as an opportunity to show up in service. Meaning, what Vanessa just gave as an example when she was like talking about the dinging with John is like, to me, such a beautiful example of like asking from an authentic place within me, how do I show up in service of my partner? I think Mm -hmm. most people, um, because this is how we're raised to be, have very transactional relationships. Like everybody's gotten into like my needs getting met, my needs aren't met, right? Mm -hmm. I love to say with couples, it's that Wayne Dyer quote, you know, the mantra of the lower self is I need more. The mantra of the higher self is how do I serve? What if we bring that to our relationships, right? So I fill my cup up with worthiness. I affirm for myself how much I am a badass, amazing woman that any man would kill to be with. Um, I remind myself of that and why, but then when I go to my partner, this becomes an opportunity, a space in the world where I get to be of service. Like I know he has really limited capacity. How can I be the little light in his day? How can I be the little bit of like something that like fills him up when he has so few hours, even if it's like with a loving text message or whatever it is, right? But Mm -hmm. I really make it such a practice to meet all those needs for myself for a while and use him as the space where I offer service. Yeah, that's, I think that's a hundred percent it. Like I do need to like redirect energy towards myself and mm. yeah, just like, I don't know. I find myself that I will say things to friends and I'm like, I should say that to myself, you know, like mm-hmm. I tell my friends, I'm like, well, like, you know, people are lucky to date you. Like you're not like, you know, like we think that, I don't know, but I do need to have more of those like interactions with myself, I think, and really be like meeting my own needs, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Speaking to a lot of us. I mean, <laughs> I feel like I was just talking to myself this whole session. Yeah. I love it. Uh, well, well, keep us posted. Yeah. Let us know how it's going. Let Thank you guys so much. Like, I really, I don't know. 
appreciate you guys. And yeah, I don't know, like, I look up to both of you so much. And Vanessa, like, I idolize you and John and like, and you too, Danae, but your relationship, <laughs> I feel like just looks so real. And I think that's like what I need to see. Mm. Um, I don't know. So yeah, like, I just really respect like, I don't know what both of you guys do for, you know, us on Instagram and the tat lab. You. Well, um, I idolize John and Vanessa too. <laughs> I tell them don't, all the time. Don't idolize us. I'm like, you guys, mom and dad, your goals. I no, tell you. No goals. <laughs> that's why we try to keep it real because mom and dad have issues too, you know? And I think that's why your goals, because yeah. you guys do. Yeah. You work hard. Yeah. We all work yeah. hard. Thanks. All right. Thank you we so will. much. Bethany. You too. Bye. Speaking to all of us. I that love one. her. I feel like, um, I feel like we were just coaching me. <laughs> I mean, and me, like what I said, like speaking to all of us, like, I think everybody yeah. that's going to listen to this is going to take something from it because, you know, especially all of us that are here doing this work, right? Like we're mm. all in it. I mean, she spoke to it so perfectly when she was like, sometimes I just feel like now all this self-help is actually, you know, it can almost be a hindrance because you're not present. You're so, you say it all the time with like the parenting people online, like it can almost be the opposite. It can be shaming. It can be this mm. constant thing that I'm trying to live up to and I'm not doing it right. And can I do it better? And it's not perfect. And it can be exhausting. Yeah, I think that's really true. And I feel like in the singlehood group, I would say all the time, like whatever work we feel like we've done, wherever we are in our healing process, there is something about love and the space of attempting to be seen again after it's been a little time that is just like brings all of our stuff to the surface in a way that like kind of catches us off guard and is so unbelievably vulnerable, you know? Yeah. Um, and so we have to just be so graceful with ourselves and show ourselves so much compassion for how hard that is. Yeah. I mean, I think that you, you pretty much nailed it with her when it was like, you know, this coming back to how can I give myself a little bit more of that? Because I, I do find that when we are on our own, we sometimes get into this place where we're like, I've got this, I'm good, I've read the books. And then we get into the relationship and we're like, oh shit, I don't got this. You know? <laughs> oh snap, and there are those wounds. Yeah. You find yourself in that anxiety spiral where you're doing things or saying things that you're, you don't feel like are coming from your highest self, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh shit, maybe there actually is more self-affirmations that do need to be had. Like there's a little bit more of this sitting with myself. Like I thought I was good, but maybe I'm not, you know? And it- I look at it with myself as like, it's just another opportunity to go deeper with myself, you know? And every time I get that mirror shown back to me in my relationship, which is the hardest mirror to get shown back to you, it's mm -hmm. just like, oh, all right. There's a little bit more compassion for myself. There's a little bit deeper. I have to go with loving myself and feeding, you know, fulfilling my own needs and all the things that you were saying. Yeah. It's such a like, fascinating sort of counterintuitive thing that I think our relationships are our mirrors showing mm -hmm. us ourselves, but then the work becomes to bring the focus back to ourselves, mm -hmm. right? We're in relationship with another person so that we can witness ourselves so that we can bring our, the focus back to ourselves to do deeper healing work. It's yep. fascinating. Yep. Hear that y'all? <laughs> that is the point of relationships right there. Yes. You heard it. Two therapists will agree. The point of relationships <laughs> It's to bring the focus back to you. To bring the focus back to yourself. Amen. Couldn't yep. have said it better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, well, I don't have much more to say. I mean, she just pretty much articulated it all. <laughs> yeah, that was great. 
Thanks for joining us for this episode of Cheaper Than Therapy. Be sure to share it with a friend, subscribe, and give us a five-star review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you want to connect with us more, find us on Instagram at Cheaper Than Therapy, the podcast. 